following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! This, this is Mick Shots. Streaming live on DallasCowboys.com and the official Dallas Cowboys app. Some of us are ready for another edition of Mick Shots. I'm not sure that Mickey is. Hey, look, Dave Hellman looks very relaxed and ready for another edition of Mick Shots. How you doing, Dave Hellman? I'm doing wonderful, Bill. Um, you know, not to make light of the situation, but I think the Cowboys are being cautious with the COVID protocols, which hasn't left a whole lot of work for me to do. So I'm <laughs> just chilling and happy to talk some Cowboys with y'all. All right, very good. So you survived uh, the first your first appearance on Mix Shots yesterday uh, without incident. I did. Yep. See if we can make it through another 45 minutes. Heckma uh, unable to be here today. Uh, so we will press on for the next 45 minutes. And Mickey, you wouldn't believe how many notes he has in front of him. This reminds me, I used to hear stories when Norm Hitchkiss used to do <laughs> Rangers baseball games. Tom Grieve told me that they would have a three-man booth. It would be Mark Holtz, Tom Grieve, and Norm Hitchkiss in a space about four feet wide, and Hitchkiss would take up about three feet of the four feet with all his notes just all taped down. That's what Mickey has right now. I was prepared for yesterday because we didn't think you were going to be with us. So I was going to have to run the show, and I wanted to make sure I had all my well, stuff you can, ready Well, you to can go. run this show. Oh, How no. about we do that? You're good to go. All right. But I had my notes ready in case we ran out of things to talk about as if we would run out of things to talk about, right? Especially, I was going to say, there's no chance of that. Come on. Right. Yeah, that's right. And uh, Dave, uh, since we uh, last talked, uh, you, don't, you not only don't have a Cowboys game to watch this weekend, you don't have an LSU game to watch either. LSU-Alabama uh, looks like it might be canceled I, for the whole season now, which is a good year for LSU. If, if you're not going to play Alabama one year, this would be the year not to play them, right? I never in my life thought that I would be excited that LSU's not going to play football. But, uh, yeah, uh, my Saturday's a lot more free, and I'm not mad about it because that was probably going to be ugly. So, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'll go find a farmer's market or a pumpkin patch. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what people do when there's no football on, but I guess i got to figure it out. That's right. All right, so how do you feel? I'll be right behind them, too, because they canceled the Missouri-Georgia game, Did too. they really? Yes. Well, the SEC just canceled the whole weekend, yeah, it sounds basically. like. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Is A&M still playing? No, they're they off. Got canceled. Yeah, yeah, they got canceled, too. They, I know. They, they do have a, a, a common got, open date where they can right. make it up December 12th against Missouri-Georgia can't do it until December like 19th. Yeah, yeah, that's what they're worried about right now. But wow. LSU doesn't have to worry about the SEC championship game, so it's okay. Yeah, <laughs> and the uh, uh, the Big Twelve already they basically had an open date set in their schedule uh, this week because Texas isn't playing. OU and OSU play next week. Bedlam, so they're not playing right. this week. So, so anyway, the point of all this is what are we going to do? do for football <laughs> this week? Which brings me to my first question out of the shoot to both of you: Do you as a as a member of the media or as a fan, do you like the bye week? No. I don't. 
because here's the deal with the bye week. I think everybody, I, I think there's this perception out there since the team is off, we're off. Hmm. We still got to do our job. I find myself doing more work during the yes, bye week because you don't have any subjects <laughs> with you, right? That's right. Well, and you're cramming. We still have to do all the shows, but we're doing it in four days' time instead of six yeah, days' time. Basically, some people want days so at off. some point there will be uh, a light at the end of this tunnel. But more than that, and I think from a fan's perspective, all right. I want my Cowboys game on Sunday, okay? <laughs> and I understand, if you look down the schedule here, okay, the Cowboys are off this week. They play on a Sunday next week at Minnesota. And then, okay, yeah, there is a Thanksgiving Day game, and there is a Thursday night game against Baltimore. But three out of the next four Sundays, the Cowboys don't have a game. And it's not like we're traveling <laughs> to games, right? Yep. So Dave, what I do you think, think y'all are absolutely ins- I think y'all are crazy. Are you kidding me? The bye week is great. I mean, what are you It's a do? fair point. Uh, relax for the first time since August 5th. I'm going to try my best to do nothing. I I mean, it's a little bit different this year cuz you're not traveling. You know, training camp was nowhere near as intense this year as it is in a regular year, but by the time you get to the bye week, I'm ready to just, like, lie down on my couch for, like, three days. Bill, you make a great point. You kind of have to cram a lot of work into the early part of the week. I don't know about y'all, but when I get done with this show, okay. I got a couple things left to write, and then I'm going to try my best to, like, turn my phone off on Thursday and Friday. And as far as being a fan, I feel like people people lose sight of this, but not playing is great because you can't lose when you don't play. <laughs> you so go. your weekend is stress free, especially when you're. You don't have to worry about losing a ball game. <laughs> I can, I you know, if I want to spend Sunday making, you know, I could spend all day making a pot of gumbo if I want to. I could go out and visit people. I don't. I, I could do whatever I want because I don't have to spend eight hours at AT and T Stadium. I am firmly in favor of it. I'm sorry that y'all are workaholics, but I am not. Uh, so you'd be in favor of t- uh, going back to having two bye weeks in a season? Oh, sign me up! Yeah, I mean, and if they're gonna if they're gonna increase the schedule, you know, if they're gonna wind up playing 18 games, I would guess we'll see that. And yeah, I mean, so you talk about. You know, again, let's let's consider a regular year. You report to training camp on like July 18th, and then the regular season's going to run until mid-January. Yeah, you're going to need two bye weeks for the players, but for me too, for sure. It just seems like it's a week of work without a game, and to me, the yeah, bonus of, the bonus of what we do is we get to go cover a game. We get to go to a game and watch a game. Now you work, and there's no bonus at the end. What? Okay, yeah. What is the most important three hours, three and a half hours of your week? Yeah, the game. It's the game, right? The game. Yeah. The I game. Mean, I, so that, that's a funny thing you said that because my college roommate would get so upset when he was trying to write in a press box, and it was so loud, and people after the game, and he would scream. These are the three hours that are most important to me in my career. <laughs> Shut the hell up! <laughs> that's funny you say that. Oh, that that's that's like Dave. Uh, we were talking about. We were talking about oh, the interception that Gilbert threw um, in the in the game on Sunday, and Everson was was talking about how he was yelling at the TV, and his wife didn't understand why he was yelling, and and I I did. He was on his couch, and, and so on Sunday, I'm watching the game from home. 
and I'm on my couch watching the game, and I'm logging every play. So I'm working as I'm, and I'm yelling at the TV too. At about that time uh, that that play happened, my sister-in-law was in town from out of town. I hadn't seen her yet. She and my wife and my nephew they walk into the house, and I'm totally ignoring them because I'm so. <laughs> Uh, caught up into this game, and I just explained to him, this is the most important three hours of my week. I will say hello to you after this game is over. They went out on the back porch. So, uh, y'all are y'all are intense, man. Y'all are not playing games because I've never I've never been that guy. Like I kind of I work better in a noisy, busy environment. I kind of like to have people talking and. Maybe not distracting me, but it just kind of, I don't know, like that background noise kind of helps me focus on what I need to do. However, I think a Cowboys game is more like work. Don't try to don't try to talk to me during an LSU game. I will say that that's that's a whole different person than what I am on Sundays. So I guess I identify with that. Yeah. All I know is I remember the two bye weeks. Those what was it? Two seasons? Maybe like in the early 90s. It was uh like 90 maybe okay 91 80 89 somewhere now i think it was 90 91 something like that and you know when you're working for the newspaper the newspaper doesn't take a buy right you got to have something in there and people so got to work have harder their to fill, fill the space yeah absolutely yep. uh, all right before we get uh, i go, go ahead dave oh I'm, i just i i hear everything y'all are saying and obviously we do this job because we love it. I love covering the games, but covering a game is a 10-hour experience, and I'm A-OK not you know, getting a week where I don't have to do that, and I don't have to leave my apartment if I don't want to. I can channel surf during the other NFL games and see what's going on there. I'm... I am just fine uh, hanging out on my couch this weekend. I think I'll fill I, up I get those it. ten I, hours. I, uh, I'm going to fire up the smoker on there you go. Saturday there or you Sunday. Go. Yeah. All right. Um, there you go. All right. The uh, NFL was it yesterday? Today's Wednesday, so they did it yesterday. Yes. Uh, the decision if there is a weekend or games lost uh, where they cannot be made up to have the expanded playoff field, a uh, 16-team playoff field. What, what are your, your thoughts on that? It sounds like uh, they were very serious about doing it. I think it has to get okayed by the NFLPA. But, yeah, uh, more the merrier. Let's go. It it sort of worked for so the, the Cowboys other sports, got closer right? to the playoffs. That's right. Yesterday. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> because as I pointed yeah, but- out, as I pointed out yesterday, there's 15 teams in this league right now that have no more than three wins, right? So you know, there could be a fight to the finish to get to six. I hate to be a cynic. I hate to be a cynic, but do we think it really affects the Dallas Cowboys yeah, though? Because I think yeah. It, it, it's still they, it, it they still either got to win the east. Yeah, they got to win the east. It's it's yeah. the east or bust. Well, and yeah, I can't I would there's not a wild card coming so out of the east, Mickey. I, I can't remember <laughs> where I say this stuff. And Dave, you stopped me if I said it yesterday after Bill left or whatever. But the Cowboys only have one more game against a team with a winning record. Baltimore. Yeah, that's it. So you're saying, I'm saying six and one? I'm saying they're starting to play teams of their own Six ilk. and one is a possibility. <laughs> no, I didn't you say they were going to win every one of them because they couldn't beat Washington, they've, right? I'm going to say they've gotten their butts kicked by a few teams of their own ilk too. So Yeah, but at least some of I mean, Washington's really 
did I, I'm not sure where Arizona is. I've I lost track to them. They're winning. And then uh, no, well, Arizona's really like five get, and three. And five really and four. didn't get their butts kicked by Philadelphia uh, until they were able to what return the fumble that wasn't uh, that was recovered before they recovered it and ran for a touchdown. Or am I getting my games mixed right. up? Right. <laughs> so no, you're right. So no, you're right. And Philadelphia has one more win than the Cowboys. That's right. It's going to be interesting. I mean, your your logic is sound, but I got to see a little bit more to believe it because well, we got to see some offense. Uh, you know, here. yeah. This is a two and seven team. Yeah, you're right. All right, Mickey, what's on? On the how many legal pads you have in front of you there? It's like I just got one. one and I've you, got they paint, all look like legal but pads. But I didn't put it, so I had all right, to. Give I me got one. On a give page. us. Give us one topic. We can go to, to take bro- us to break. We can on. go to break on this. How about this? So it's Veterans Day, right? Yeah, there you go. Good one. All right. Like so how about one. this? This is a letter dated April seventeenth of nineteen forty-five. The uh, the Army Department <laughs> sent this letter to you to my dad's mother. Okay. All right. And they had sent a previous letter to her when he was missing in action. Okay? So she responded wanting more information. So it happened uh, in, at the Battle of the Bulge, which I think was like the end of December. It was around right after Christmas. Because I remember seeing when I saw the movie there was snow on the ground or whatever. So he had been missing. And so she sends a letter back to the, uh, the military department, whatever it is. And on April 17th, she gets this letter back. Dear Mrs. Spagnola, your letter inquiring about your son, Dominic, has been referred to this office for disposition. It has been carefully read, and we will keep, we will attempt to answer all your questions. Your son, Dominic, was missing in action in Germany on the 21st January 1945 during an attack on a fortified position. On 21 January 1945, a number of men in the battalion were moving toward a German town, this being their objective. Company B met enemy opposition and was cut off from their other supporting units, but it was impossible to reach them, although communication by radio was maintained for a period of 48 hours. It is assumed that the men, including your son, were taken prisoner, but as yet no word has been received by this headquarter. Hmm. How would you like to be a parent of a child during World War II, and that's the letter you get? Hmm. They have no idea where they're at. He had been a prisoner of war from January to a week after this letter arrived. He, he was liberated a week later, and they had no idea where they were. Wow. wow. So I, uh, my sister dug this out and sent it to me, and I've kind of hung on to it. And I said, what am I going to do with this, right? And then I was like, oh, it's Veterans Day. Maybe because I heard some people reading letters today about uh, their fathers or what they sent back home or their grandfathers probably mostly. And, uh, yeah, a week later he was liberated after four months uh, in being moved from uh, prison camp to prison camp because they they had to keep him on the move because the Germans were retreating. So 
uh, and they would they would basically blindfold them and put them in the railroad cars so no one knew where they were going so they couldn't like have any espionage and let somebody know where they were mm. so yeah quite an experience but he was uh, liberated got back uh, to I think they got back to England uh, and at a whole 95 pounds wow they didn't feed him they were eating potato what was skins. It, what was his playing weight? Uh, probably, I, I saw it when he was, uh, uh, his induction papers, he was like 140. Mm. So, yeah. How about that? Man. They were eating potato wow. skins before potato skins were appetizers. Wow. Because they had to peel the potatoes in, in the prison camps for the Germans, and they would cook the potatoes and leave them with the skins. So we're sitting here. Nice dose of perspective. Yeah, we're sitting. We're sitting here talking, to, complaining about the cowboy game on Sunday. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Game. Yeah, like I said, that's some. That's a hell of a perspective, Nick. I appreciate it. They had no game whatsoever, right? Goodness gracious! Wow, and what an answered prayer. I mean, for your your grandmother, uh, just an answered. All prayer. I got to say is, I keep telling people I'm like the miracle baby that he survived that. Mm. Um, and 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 uh, also had a uh, purple heart too. He got wounded at one point. At one point. And uh, to answer your question of when the Battle of the Bulge occurred, yeah. December sixteenth, nineteen forty-four, is when the counteroffensive began, and ended January twenty-fifth, nineteen forty-five. Yeah, it one was month, like a one month, week, and two month, days. And it was like the turning point of World War Two. So there or you at go. least on, in the uh, European uh, uh, continent. Well, I think you found good use yes. for, for mix shots there. That was and a, a good salute shot, to right? our a salute to yeah. our veterans. Wow. Uh, as Dave said, that, that uh, really uh, puts it in perspective, and we would not be able to do any of what we're doing right now if not for all those veterans out there. So a salute to all of you. And mix shots continues in just a moment. Hey there, Cowboys fans. With Tide Cleaners at-home pickup and delivery, cleaning your clothes has never been more convenient. Simply sign up at your local store, set out your dirty clothes, and one of our Tide Cleaners professionals will come directly to your home for a totally contactless experience. Your clean garments will be returned promptly the next scheduled delivery day, so skip the errand and enjoy life, not laundry. Visit TideCleaners.com or your local store to sign up for Tide Cleaners at-home pickup and delivery today. The Cowboys way, where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like, where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day, where we are all defined by one single thing, the star, where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. Grab some OtterBox gear and get ready for hanging with the boys. From rugged venture coolers to tough-as-nails elevation tumblers, we've got what you need to keep your game day drinks frosty and your football feast ice cold. And with cases, screen protectors, and power accessories, you can defend your phone and stay connected to every play. Gear up at OtterBox.com and amp up the fun of every Cowboys game. That's OtterBox.com. We're back with a tasty treat that's sweeping airwaves and taste buds. It's new Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. Let's take a listen. Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda's here. A new combo that's music to my ears, okay? Let's play. 
Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. A delicious duet. Back, back to mixed shots. Find out why this year's Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders making the team is the most competitive yet when Season 15 kicks off November 24th at 9 o'clock Central Time on CMT. Do you know the reason for that, Mickey? The reason that the reason that the Dallas delayed. Cowboys cheerleaders making the team is the most competitive yet because it was virtual. Were you judging this year? No, I did not. You were a well, I, was, judge. I was supposed to have been gone at that time, so I told them I couldn't do it, and then things changed because they asked me in January, right? And it's like now that weekend is, is already booked uh, when they were going to have them here, or was it? <laughs> Where was what? <laughs> or was it? I'm, I'm saying, oh. or was it? Because everybody's plans got thrown out the window. Right. Yeah. So it turned out it wasn't booked. It wasn't booked. No. It was booked at AT&T. No, my trip was booked to New Orleans. Yeah. <laughs> did it happen, though? No, it did not no. happen. All right. So that's November 24th, 9 o'clock Central Time on CMT. Let's see, today's the 11th, so that's a Tuesday, November 24th. I was just trying to figure out. I've got family coming into town uh, on that Tuesday, and so now I know what we will be watching on Tuesday night at 9 o'clock Central Time. people watch that stuff. Yeah, I know. It's usually like an eight-week series or whatever. I was at a Stars game. That's the premiere. I was at a Stars game one night. I was walking down towards my seat, and this lady looked at me. She goes, I know who you are. And I go, who am I? She goes, you're that judge on the cheerleader show. (laughs) It's like, all right, you got to be known for something, right? (laughs) Dave, you SEC guy, Vern Lundquist, the longtime voice of the SEC until this uh, retirement from that. All right, the famous story you may have heard, the famous story that uh, Vern used to say, uh, going to a game in College Station and getting gas, and uh, someone comes up to him and says, I know you, I know you, you're the Bowling for Dollars guy. <laughs> That's right, yeah. Uh, I actually met him at the uh, I met him at the local Emmy Award show like two years ago. I felt bad because I told him he was the voice of my childhood, and I don't think he appreciated somebody telling him that he was that old. Yeah, it's one thing, David, very, though. Very nice guy. It's one thing for you to tell him that he's the voice of your childhood. I would tell him the same thing. He was the voice of my childhood, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, that would probably really offend yeah, him. Yeah, that would really so. offend him. Yeah. And uh, Channel 8, back Long, long time ago, before I got here, he was doing national oh, man. stuff. He was the time I got here. He was the he was the greatest. But he all one of the things that made and it's not like a eulogy. He's doing yeah, right. fine. <laughs> but one of the things that made Vern so great, and I loved him obviously calling Cowboys games as well. Uh, but he was so relaxed yeah. uh, on the air, and you know, and. Uh, he would probably admit it to this day. There would be flub ups on the air. There would be mistakes that were made, but he would just carry on, you know, and he'd laugh at it. And just having a, a sense of humor, just to be able to laugh at himself. Well, I screwed that up. Uh, I think it was when Dave, when we saw him at the at the Emmys here locally, and uh, I told him, I said, you know, Vern, I said my my greatest memory of you is after the last 
preseason game, uh, a home game, it was always at Texas Stadium. And the press box there had a kind of a common area behind where the writers were. We were in the press box writing. And he and his wife, uh, Tex Schramm and his wife, Marty, they would get together. There's an open bar, right? They got a bar in there. The guy's making drinks, and Tex is drinking his bull shots. And, uh, <laughs> and they're loud, right? They're, I could hear Vern's voice. I'm sitting there trying on deadline to finish a story, and they're loud. And I told him, I used to get so mad at you. And he just started laughing. He goes, yeah, I bet, because we were having a good time, right? <laughs> and after the last, the last preseason game, they would put a pool together, and you had to you had to predict the Cowboys' 53-man roster, right? And we're sitting there going, "How are we going to beat Tex? He 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 should know already, right?" And 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 the only person they trusted with the ballots was Tex's wife, Marty. Marty would take the ballots. Everybody put their money in, and then we see who had the most, and then they would win the pot. But that was a big deal. It was it was amazing. And now that we mentioned Vern, and I think about the Masters, that's what takes care of our weekend. That's right. The Masters, the Masters. starts tomorrow. So there you go. And in fact, I, I actually Great used point. a line from Vern on uh, last night's uh, sportscast on CBS 11. Did you see the skip shot hole in yes, one that's by John Rom? And I, it was on 16. And of course, Vern was always on 16 at the Masters. And uh, so I was trying to remember the the great calls, so many great calls that Vern Lundquist made at the Masters and, and elsewhere. And I was thinking, okay, what's that call that he had when Tiger when the on the chip in on 16 where you see the Nike lo- logo and the and uh, so I looked it up. And so I used it last night uh, on the chip-in shot by Rom, and I said, if, if we only had Vern here to exclaim, have you ever seen a shot like that in your life? And it wasn't a chip-in, it was a drive over the water, That's, right? Well, it was, you know, it's it practice day, and, yeah. so they were yeah, uh, trick shot. But, but anyway. it skipped like twice on the water. All right. Uh, yes, I understand. At the end of the show yesterday, y'all were talking quarterbacks. We were talking quarterbacks, and we had we really only had a couple of minutes to discuss uh, which way they should go. Uh, does it go back to Dalton? Do you want to give Gilbert some some more time? And um, I, it, it was a very short discussion. Uh, I, I can't remember what those guys said. I think I said, um, you know, go with Dalton until. You know for sure it's over if you don't know already. And then give Gilbert basically a four-game interview uh, for the backup job next year because Dalton's on a one-year deal, right? And his assumption was he was coming here for one year because of the pandemic, didn't want to move his family with an idea of latching on with somebody next year where he'd have a chance to either start or compete for a starting job. So if that's his, his goal and if that's still what he wants to do, then you're going to need a backup quarterback next year, and I don't know that Ben DiNucci would be ready. So I think what we saw from Garrett Gilbert, I think he'd be candidate number one. What are you thinking, Dave? I actually I completely agree with everything Mickey just said. I, I, I feel like people... You know, and I get it. The season feels like it's over from a competitive standpoint to the fans, but the reality is that it's not. You know, the NFC East is terrible. They're mathematically still alive. 
And Andy Dalton gives you the best chance to be competitive in that scenario. On top of that, maybe people don't want to hear this. I think it's only fair. Yeah, Andy stayed here partially because of the pandemic, but this is also an opportunity for him to set up the next act of his career. I mean, if he wants to keep playing football, two, three, four, five, you know, good games of tape could go a long way toward getting him a new deal in a new city. So I think he deserves that opportunity. He's earned it over the last decade in the league. And, you know, they're two and seven right now. If they're if they're three and ten in a month, then you've still got three games where you can put Garrett Gilbert in there and see what he can do. So I don't see the downside of letting Andy Dalton try to keep it competitive for the time being. And you know what? His his incentives on his contract have to do with percentage of games played, which if he went the rest of the way, he would accomplish. And it's percentage of games played plus the Cowboys making the playoffs. So I'm getting his mind. He doesn't care if they make it at six and ten or seven and nine. If he makes the playoffs, I think it's like, uh, uh, and he plays, I think more than fifty percent of the snaps. Uh, it's a five hundred thousand dollar bonus. Uh, and if they win the game, it's a million dollar bonus. So in his mind, by golly, you better give me that chance. <laughs> All right, and let me ask you yeah, this. Yeah, for real. Okay, the state of the Cowboys' offensive line. All right, there's there's a perception about Andy Dalton, a recent perception about Andy Dalton because of what was going on in Cincinnati and what was the state of their offensive line then Same and what was thing. going and on. And their receivers and right then, without and A.J. Then Green. Take it back to when Dak gets hurt, and he did lead a drive that won the game at the end of the game and made a couple of throws there. Okay. Now the next week they're playing an Arizona team that ran them out of the building basically. It was thirty one to three. Yeah. At at halftime maybe? With the, or with, close and it, to and it, it wasn't the Dalton faults. Right. Something like that. Uh, you know, it was it bad. Was a couple of Zeke fumbles. Uh, he that, had to throw the ball fifty four times right. in that game. And then what happened the next week? He got hurt, well, and it was well. Like, but but what was going on with oh, the offensive same thing. line? They couldn't. And block who was playing right guard? Yeah, Zach yeah. Martin was hurt, and so McGovern was making his NFL debut. Right, and basically. and you can point the the one sack that stands out in my memory of that game. It was a blitzing Cole Holcomb coming up right where the right guard Connor McGovern was, who he took the safety instead of the linebacker, and Zeke couldn't get over to get the linebacker. Could have got the safety on the blitz, right. Otherwise. With that offensive line, they were throwing everything at Dalton. So let's let's see. Now the offensive line, although it's still makeshift, has been together for a little bit, and there's more of an opportunity. Plus, I think coming off the DAC injury, I mean, just the whole mental state of this football team at that point, having lost DAC, I think that contributed a lot too to what happened the next week against Arizona. And then I think the injuries in the offensive line contributed to what happened in Washington more than anything. And it was a short and so, a short and so let, stay, and, too. And to, to both of your points, there's still plenty of time left in the season to see what, what's going on here with, with both. And, you know, and Gary Gilbert, I mean, take nothing away from what he was able to do on three days practice last week. Um, you know, it's uh, – he – has been a journeyman in this league for he's not it's not like he's 24 25 years old right you know? like they just discovered this guy right. and it's like oh I think, look I think there's a perception right. out there let's let's see the young guy you know well yeah. the young guy turns 30 next year so Maybe and, next. And, and and then the other part of it is 
What realistically is the market going to be for Andy Dalton as a starting quarterback in this league next year? I mean, let's say that he is he's competent, he does a good job, it's not overwhelming. You know, he doesn't do it pull a Ryan Tannehill and they win seven straight games to to wrap it up. Then then the market obviously is going to be great for him next year. But let's say they go 500 or so the rest of the year. What really is the market for Andy Dalton? Is he going to he would have an opportunity to compete someplace, probably, but it, his best opportunity might be here. Right. No, you're right. And think about it. And I, I just saw that Mel Kuyper has his big board for 2021 out already, right? But there's going to be three quarterbacks go high in the draft, right? So that means teams Maybe that need four. a quarterback, that's where they're going. So there's three right off the board there if they do with Cincinnati and said, okay, we're going with our young guy, let's go forward. Uh, so that's three teams right there. I don't know if we want to count them up, who it is. but I mean, it's, it's almost like Andy has got to the point in his career, unless he, you know, just plays lights out, uh, he's He's probably, you know, has, have, might have an opportunity if he knows the offensive coordinator. There's a comfort level there, whatever. Uh, he, he could have an opportunity elsewhere, but he might have just as good an opportunity to make decent money here at home, where he's got family and stuff on another one-year deal. We'll right. see, you know. Yeah. So he could very well be the backup, mm-hmm. and you'd feel good about Andy Dalton being your backup quarterback. Absolutely, have a have a that's, have that's... a veteran guy. I mean, think about. But think it's about, not a bad point. Think about what Gilbert did. When's the last time a Cowboys backup quarterback, went, not counting Dak starting the season, right, went in in the middle of the season and had a game like that? I got to go to Romo? Not while I've been here. Yeah. Yeah. Romo in 2006? Yeah. yeah. And his debut wasn't anywhere close to that, right? Because his first pass was intercepted, as Jerry reminded everybody. All right, think about this with Gary Gilbert. Where would his career be right now if uh, the pandemic hadn't happened? Would he have even been on a roster this year? He was playing last year in the Alliance of American Football. Right. The fact that yeah. you can have veterans on your practice squad this year was the main reason that he was still on a team this year. But he had played with Cleveland as a backup last year. And he had, but he was on their practice squad at the time that the Cowboys picked him up. Yes, so he yes. would have so been. This year, he, he was could have back been. On the now, now they use that. Now they may have done that, and because they had they the ability to the, the roster, right. right? But there's it's possible that he might have been out on the street. They were banking you know? on he could they could stash him on the practice squad, well. and no one would sign him, right? And then here come the Cowboys, right? Yep. So all right, we continue. When Cooper Rush was on the street, as yeah, far exactly. as I'm aware, that's right. So yeah, yeah, yep. Uh, all right, we continue with more mix shots in just a moment. We're back with a tasty treat that's sweeping airwaves and taste buds. It's new Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. Let's take a listen. Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda's here. A new combo that's music to my ears, okay? Let's play. Cream Soda and Dr. Pepper time. Pour it in a glass of ice. Ah, music to my ears and mouth. New Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. A delicious duet. Dear, it's 1908. Don't you think we should get electricity? Hmm, and stop using candles to see at night. It's just electricity lights up the room fast. It's more reliable than candles blowing out, and people seem to love it nationwide. Well, candles are... Dear, did you just run into the wall? Nope. 
May I have a new candle, please? Historically, switching to new technology is a no-brainer. Today, it's AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure, and nationwide. Switch to AT&T 5G. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan. May not be in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. I'm Jay Novacek, former tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Back in the day, I was the guy who always got the tough yards, and that's why I run with John Deere today. In fact, I have a John Deere 3025E tractor that can handle any yard work I need to do, even the tough yards way out back. So if you have one acre or a thousand, John Deere has the equipment that's just right for you. Visit a John Deere dealer today and run with us. We are the official tractor provider of your Dallas Cowboys. There's nothing as unique as our eyes, which is why Essilor pioneers ways to make lenses as unique as you. Verilux for super sharp vision, Essential Blue for protection, and Crizol for freedom from glare. Three cutting-edge solutions in a single unique lens. So whatever your needs, insist on Essilor. Visit your local Essilor experts and find the perfect lens for you. See more. Do more. Essilor. To mixed shots. And here's a timely read. Cowboy fans, join the NFL in supporting our nation's service members by wearing the latest Dallas Cowboys salute to service gear. Visit your local Dallas Cowboys pro shop or shop.dallascowboys.com to find the full assortment of salute to service gear and honor America's heroes. Very nicely done. DallasCowboys.com. That's one too many dots in there. All right, uh, Mickey or something you wanted to get to to kick off this segment? Yeah, I noticed something. This has kind of caused a a stir in the the media world today. Uh, The Houston Texans uh, let go their vice president of communications, uh, Amy, I think it's Palsic. Um, She was told, the report said, that she no longer was a cultural fit for the organization. Whatever in the world that means, when minorities and women are getting opportunities to get hired in the NFL because they're trying to be uh, more diverse in their hirings, she gets fired because she wasn't a cultural fit. Uh, And I'm assuming it's by the guy they brought in to kind of take over the organization after the owner uh, passed away. Uh, fired Brian Gain as the GM, fired the head coach, Bill O'Brien. Now it's going right down the chain and fired their vice president of the communications. And all you got to do is go online and uh, there's a bunch of writers around the country in an uproar. She was pretty good, Dave, uh, as I remember when they were here in 2017 uh, for the hurricane. I was going to say, I, yeah. I briefly remember meeting her when they were staying with us during Hurricane Harvey, and she seemed like a consummate professional to me. I'm stealing this joke from Twitter, but you're right. I mean, every influential voice in the NFL is just horrified that this happened. So maybe the cultural fit is that she's very, very good at her job, and the Texans are an inept mess, and that's just, you know... they don't want any winners in that building, I guess. I don't know. It somebody seem somebody like it wrote a lot and of suggested this is the best thing to happen to her because now she can go to an organization that has some culture. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, as Adam Schefter pointed out, she was the first and only woman to have full PR responsibilities for an NFL team, the winner of the 2017 Roselle Award for Best PR Staff. And that was that year 
when they were they, oh, yeah, they got stranded. They couldn't get back to Houston, so they came here to Dallas. They practiced for uh, three days, I think, and the idea was the preseason game that was supposed to be played in Houston was going to be played at uh, AT&T Stadium, and then at the, they set up that whole charity thing. Bill, you remember, it ended up being a fundraiser, and at the last minute on Wednesday, they found out that they were going to be let back into Houston, so they kind of went, got up and took off, and all that charity stuff was going to go down the drain, but the Cowboys said, oh no, we'll just have an open night and do a fundraiser, a telethon, and uh, ended up raising a whole bunch of money, if I remember correctly. All right, uh, let's go. Let's dive further into. Uh, uh, you want to talk punter? Punter. All right. Cowboys might be signing another punter, right? Uh, they worked out. They were supposed to work out a couple guys, and okay. the idea is uh, the fact that uh, you know Hunter, the punter, uh, nice wander, uh, you know, has the job. But you got when you only have one position that only has one person you got to be careful with the covid stuff especially uh, when you get two games in the span of 5 days, five days coming up right exactly and if you bring if something happens to him you got to bring somebody in it's a 6 day uh, ordeal to get through the covid protocols testing uh, it, you wouldn't have a guy in in time so i think they decided we better put somebody uh, on the practice squad and so we'll see if they do that they don't have to do it till uh, well, if they sign a guy and if they want him on the practice squad next week, they got to get going now. Uh, although, you know, I guess you could get tested because they're not allowing the players uh, into the building uh, thanks to the um, – what's is the guy's in, name? Vance McDonald? Yes, Vance McDonald, Vance McDonald the tight end. tested positive, yeah, the tight end, uh, for, the, for the Steelers. And uh, when they got back uh, and tested on Monday uh, and then caused – uh, the Steelers to put four other guys, including Roethlisberger, uh, on the contact tracing COVID-19 list, and they can't be back in the building, I think, until Saturday. Uh, so, you know, the idea is, well, if I get back on Saturday, they're playing Roethlisberger on Sunday. But that could have happened to the Cowboys. The, the, so this might be the most fortunate buy the Cowboys have ever had. Couldn't because, have come at a better time. Because they probably would have been told, you can't practice on, you know, you got to wait three days. You're not going to be able to practice on Wednesday for sure. That's why today's practice was canceled. Uh, and and so, yeah. Um, and, and what if they had a person, you know, test positive? Then you would have to shut the place down. So, yeah, this stuff is... Uh, it's growing and it's even more serious now than it has been in the summer. No and, doubt about that. Just and, take a look at college football. Yeah. Right? I just saw Ohio State and Maryland canceled for this weekend. Um, I'll be interested to see if Notre Dame plays after they storm the field there. <laughs> uh, by the way, yesterday I was talking about uh, the uh, Cowboys and the possibility, could the Cowboys have contracted COVID from Vance McDonald, whatever, and I said it's highly unlikely. Not because of what I said uh, on the podcast yesterday, but my doctor friend who I was quoting on that, uh, he just happened to text me last night because he heard about the story and everything. Uh, He said it's unlikely any of the Cowboys will get COVID from Sunday's game. Their exposure fails the times, the time, x or times distance times dose test. Uh, But you know what locker rooms are like. 
and with the teammate from the Steelers' perspective, the teammate being on the team bus, I mean, that can be uh, more of a location where you can contract it. And so that, that is why we haven't seen uh, – there's no documented cases of athletes catching it from an opponent on the playing field. So you're, you're saying Donovan Wilson is okay with that one tackle the only time <laughs> the guy McDonald, touched yeah, the ball? Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm not saying it. That's what my doctor friends okay. are saying. So anyway, for, for whatever that's worth. It's 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 more in the bars that um, is the problem. Yeah, in the dormitories and the yeah, frat house. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Yep. All right, we got like a minute left on this edition of Mix Shots. How do we want to spend this minute? Oh boy, Dave Hellman, do you have a parting mix shot that you would like to give? Do I have a parting mix shot? Um, hey, let me throw this out before you do it. You know, did, did Tack McKinley clear oh, waivers? Yeah. Did you uh, we will know that in about we will know that in oh, about forty five minutes. Right? Uh, yeah, that's right. No, the the Falcons the Falcons took their time putting him on waivers, so, they so he hasn't gone till, through the system till yet. Till yesterday, then. Okay. R- right. So, we got so we'll know. Um, we'll find out. Uh oh. Yeah. So uh, no, I was just gonna say, hey Mick, I really mean it. That was cool that you read that letter. I was actually I was listening to a podcast about uh, the World Wars this morning and. Like I said, it's a healthy dose of perspective. That was really cool. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. There's a a few uh, things that uh, we have left over from his service duty, but most of them, uh, it's not like he had a lot of memorabilia. Because when you're a prisoner of war, they basically take everything from mm. you. So, you know, he's got a shirt afterwards and a hat, and that was about it. So, um, but very fortunate to come back alive. And I'm fortunate, too, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, that does it for this edition, a Veterans Day edition of Mixed Shots. And we are off until next week now. Um, Monday, Tuesday? I forgot what day we're starting back up again. And the Cowboys. Y'all find a way to enjoy your damn bye weekend. Don't (laughs) be so sad that you don't have to work. I know I'm going to be watching The Masters on CBS. Yes, we can pay attention to that, right? That's exactly right. All right, Dave Hellman, it's been fun. Good to have you, Dave, with us. It was, yeah, this was great. Thanks, guys. All right, and for Mickey Spagnola, I'm Bill Jones, and we will see you next week here on Mix Shots. Have a great bye weekend, everybody. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!